consumer too stunned to capture the fugitive cookie before it high dives off the balcony into the storm sewer to share its mutant DNA with goldfish peckers and abandoned pet alligators. Zebra mussels clog the water filter. Sea lampreys suck the life out of oranges and kiwis in the fruit bowl. Lionfish prowl the pantry, eating, eating, consuming all-purpose flour, kosher salt, chocolate bars, pasta, baking powder, and anything not protected. Um, the next one I wrote for uh, Annie Coney Barrett's uh, a confirmation hearing, and I thought it would be done. I'd never have to read it again, but here we are again. A Thousand Jennifers. Guitars slung like a rebel's gun, running shoes, stomping rhythm on the stage. She's all business, and that business is rock and roll. More than tits and ass for drunken frat boys, no longer hidden behind the bass. Her voice bursts the amp, showering the mosh pit with silicone fragments. And I would see a thousand Jennifers all in comfortable shoes and honky-tonks and in concert halls, speaking with authority about antenna models, grease-stained changing transmissions and wood-paneled boardrooms cyclotron labs. She says she'll never go back, but some would chain her to a diaper pail when father's salaries can't even pay trailer park rent. Neckbeard preachers, leering judges, senators with rusty coat hangers, homes for girls in trouble that end a month panic, life begins at conception. And, uh, you know, there, there's got to be some kind of law that, uh, you know, you have to write a poem about these words and murder of crows, trash of rhinos. So this is mine. It's called a genocide of pathogens. A vandalism of oak trees, an arson of bark beetles, a larceny of locusts, a holocaust of buffalo, a trespass of fire ants, an assault of killer bees, a shoplift of scallops, burglary of tuna, a forgery of flounder, counterfeit of soul, identity theft of sea bath, and extortion of cola. A conspiracy of vultures, a campaign of tapeworms, political action committee of ticks, a sedition of bullfrogs, perjury of cicadas, a congress of skunks, a corruption. Thank you. Oh, I love that one. That was so good. <laughs> My favorite essay, a dazzle of zebras. That's what zebras are called, a dazzle of zebras. Yeah, what's, the, yeah, what's the one what's about the one about the larks the, uh, the larks. oh the larks is a cool one what is that look it up that's, that's actually quite they're actually quite lovely i wonder who thought up all those they're like some british guy that's you know, writing fairy tales 
an XL Baby bunnies are called a fluffle. Collective noun for a group of baby rabbits is called a fluffle. Was it a business of squirrels? I think it was a business of squirrels. Business of business. Oh, it's There's an it's an exaltation of larks. Now, is there that you go. That's, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. that's a nice one. I think the peacock, the peacock is pretty good too. Yeah, the peacock is pretty good. I can't remember. What's the peacock? I I can't remember what it was, but I remember that. I'll Google it. Yeah, it's, it's something. It's something spectacular. Well, the exaltation of larks. Is, that's yeah. pretty. Ostentation. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, nice. Ostentation. Wow. Yeah, of course. According to mine, it says muster, but ostentation is not Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys read about there was this was like three or four years ago that some woman yeah. in Australia got in trouble for trying to bring her um, disability peacock on <laughs> plane. Like she apparently nice, had. Yeah. What do they call them? Is that like you know, like your like your companion animal, yeah, like yeah. Your, um, your, ther animal. your therapy peacock? Yeah, your therapy. Yeah, yeah, peacock. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like her therapy peacock. <laughs> you you well, can't you just make that. Sew a little yeah. vest of some kind for your animal, you know. Emotional it's, support yeah. animal. Yeah, her, it was her emotional support peacock. Yeah, yeah you, you you can't you can't make that up. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a sloth and I'm gonna do that. Or a copy bearer would be pretty nice too, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Everybody, does anybody else have any? I might want to share one more. Is that all right? Yeah, I do. All right. Okay. Some of you may have heard this, maybe not. It's pretty new. It's called to draw breath. I try hard to draw breath, but it won't stay still long for me to capture it. It no sooner displays the varying colors, lines, often exquisite shapes dotting the lines of my breath on the inhale, when it breath reverses itself contrarily as it will towards the exquisite elongated exhale, which as it emerges, comes into being somehow in the shape of a cloud that resembles a lozenge. One wants the cold air on the window pane that reveals breath so you can see it visible to you now, even though momentarily, so you can draw it. What are the qualities, the dimensions, the shapes that breath takes visible now? I would rather draw breath than draw breath because to draw breath to us and into us is to, is to sustain the line without having to ex exhale, but to manifest the touch, pen to paper, without the repetition, the interruption of the exhale, to sustain the touch, the long, sure note held of pencil or pen to paper, the thought held to completion, the breath held steady, freed, held whole, pure, until there is no breath, the drawing to be the capture of a moment in time, following the thread, the line of breath, until there the breath is no more. <laughs> I always like that phrase to draw breath. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold still. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you guys want to hang out, um, you're welcome to, but I'm going to take off. I have to like.
Yes, yeah. there's a cough yeah. going around here. Really and bad. I was on a Zoom with Randy Horton. You guys know him, right? And release. Anyhow, um, well, you do, Finn, for sure, because you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of But um, he had this horrible cough. I have this horrible cough. And it just, I think it's going away and it just stays and stays and stays. And you're, you're fine and then you're coughing. Does every does everybody else have? Have you had COVID? Because I had a really bad cough that would not go away for a good few weeks after I had COVID. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't feel mm -hmm. sick. Should I get tested? I've been being tested. I took three tests over the course of like, well, because I got it from my my boyfriend's flatmate who like refused to stay in his room or isolate, and like, um, so I was worried. Like I, when I came back and I took, so over the period of like maybe four days, I took three tests and they were negative and he's been testing and he's been negative too, but he's already had it and I haven't. So I don't know, like, I don't know what the deal is. Like, but it's been, I mean, I got back last week and I started feeling sick a week, but I had, like, I had like legit a fever and like. Oh, you, so you were sick. Yeah, yeah, like I've been taking, I mean, I don't know if I stopped, like, I didn't take any paracetamol yesterday, because I was gonna, because um, I had to perform yesterday at this thing in Glasgow, and I didn't want to, like, you know, bring whiskey on stage, and also be taking paracetamol, because that's, like, bad for your liver, so, like, so, I, but I think I probably had a low-grade fever, like, like, yeah what I didn't take but I just like but I don't feel like I have a fever now but it's because I'm taking I am taking the paracetamol to keep my liver open but I can't get any I mean I don't know what's going on with this but all of a sudden where there are no more free tests so that's gonna yeah, be yeah. there haven't been any free tests since the end of March I think well I got because they, they took away all of not the in Scotland in Scotland not, I have gotten free uh, they stop, stop now. I've got a supply in the cupboard, like just in case. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my, my, apparently my... you can you can buy them you can buy them in Tesco's for a couple of quid ago. I think. So. Oh really? So yeah. I so I so I read so. They're being they're getting your vegan. You're getting your vegan. Scotland stayed masked for so long and really tried hard to like kind of be more sensible about it. In Northern Ireland, they're still doing the masking and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and they had it really badly over there, didn't they? They did. My, yeah, they did. My friend had it, lives over there and had it like quite early on. Yeah, my, I've and got family over there and they said that nasty. it was like, when I've it was first starting, it was really bad. I've been hmm? going back and forth since the whole thing, since all this started, I've been going back and forth in Belfast and like, when I first, they, I, they were sort of talking about how they were proud that they were keeping it down. So I don't mm. know. It's like there's mixed messages about what was going on in Northern Ireland. Like, I don't, like, I haven't seen any numbers, and I don't know. But like, like, but you know, again, my boyfriend is <coughs> have it, but his parents managed not to get it. So I don't know. Like it's, 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 it's really varying. I'm still really surprised that whatever it was I had over over Easter didn't catch it. So, 
it's just goofy to me that this like what a couple weeks ago I got actually yelled at the driver because I was like oh shit I'm sorry like he showed up and I was like oh, I'm sorry like I gotta go I gotta run back and get my mask and he was like he yelled at me for going to get my mask he was like you don't need your mask anymore and I was like from one milk on a lazy day to down patrol a hungry hate
That was Looking to the Sun from Jethro Tull's second album, their first real album. Their first actual album was This Was. That was something that they did in a blues vein, because that's what you had to do in 1969 in London. Their second album was the first album, which they started exploring the unique blend of folk and rock and English troubadour sensibility that is the unique style of Jethro Tull. But I mean, moving on to another track from that same album, this is Batman. You are listening to Mutiny Radio. FM. Don't want to be a fat man. People would think that I was just good fun. Would rather be a thin man I am so glad to go on being one Too much to carry around with you No chance of finding a woman who Will love you in the morning and of the Naishan Sumati Akiman of Contextual Text, the here and ever after forwarded Radio 11, and your host tonight is the Kerboxxy thing on the side of maps, as in legend, lit up for a go round town and about. So do listen in, the hour starts now. 
Welcome to this, the reprise of the Nation Sunati Acumen of Contextual Text, the Here and Ever After Forwarded Radio 11, and your host tonight is the Kerboxxy thing on the sidle of maps, as in legend, lit up for a go round town and about. So do listen in, the hour starts now, this is Radio 11.
Eddie like the truck's top bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quiet ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all around roundness of all city the velo kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chip away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. Or what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight, and we name it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before dew drops bonders and muddy sandal toed continuation of the runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to, like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? Came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for, if that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. He flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, see if I raise like this, and I'm on my side. You know? Well, for the... Shoot. I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the backhand, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slide and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, in the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over, and over there. And all over. What a spread. 
And what a book. She looked at the back cover. Nine and ninety-nine cents for this one. That's not bad for the eighties. I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? He motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Clare, and some more about how she was. If that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand insta fire times and squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak. And that comes with a smile, if you're interested, said the now positively gleaming young Ava, and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it. And closed doors, for an afternoon, the two enjoyed a bit of by Mount Clare towards an in and around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were ranged, like Cupid in the star. Dot. Oh carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Evening, here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate, and it was and she began window shopping herself, to understate an understanding and she was eyed wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did, from the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeries is our next road stop to a man who is also shopping, in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could have usually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched we was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around, and other men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man, all the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near. And the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me. Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked. You know, you left us that last winter, we have the pictures you know. It was a crazy run finding you, you're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like Geneva, are you? Did they all make it out? asked the man. Yes all but three, we have them. They're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you, if you can find them came the reply. Oh, I see, and that was what they told me this morning as well. I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're, I mean, I'm here. Yes the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Marks and Spencer again? I mean the budget reads like a show stocked by one and the only. What was her name again? Penelope. Yes she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever, look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here. Take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge. I'll take it as read that you're in and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent. Rab was his humor, 
Brett to the collage of photos from the Spy X and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Dot. Leafling through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive, as per usual. He looked closely at one, ticked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke, but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. He chortled gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. He could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? Got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. She out you know. Went down to the pub half past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Wig. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening, with music from Bolero playing lightly on a stereophonic speaker dial tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client. All right, it's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room, get it? and get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me. And I'll be round to pick you up, on time. Right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couched his cigar between his lip and breathed out. He took the bottle from the young women, who he knew as. Claudia. Would you like a glass so it's chilled? But you're hot. Here. He poured two glasses, licked them himself, and handed her one, which she held up, the artwork on the eastern wall. It's nice, she said, the artwork reminiscent of Rampart. Or that other one. You know her accent was gently dumbed down for this one. She knew it was. And was. She stammered. Good one, she thought to herself. Yes, I forget myself with that one, which is why we're here, again, right? To forget ourselves and get ourselves, on, in fact. Or was there another matter you came about? I keep coming, back and forth, for you and the plug, you know the show? Got any interests this time I should know about? I mean last time was a surprise. And a good one. Yes interest, high-heeled interest like the bank rolled Royces of Pottery Barnyard animal cookies glistened softly in a chewy ooze of sauntering sonder muck pie jubilee between cold winter sheets to the wind galloped velvet candied apple smotter. What? She learned that from Q. She bonged him on the head and smiled, she took some rope out of pocket, motioned, and tied him up a bit, to her pleasure, and then took out a pair of handcuffs and fixed his shoes to the chair, 
picked up the remainder of the bottle of champagne, and poured it into his mouth as he smiled expectantly. The bottle was of course drugged, and his smile turned into a half-grin as he began to look as if he was having a stroke. He seemed alright, just couldn't get on with moving any, and she pulled a bottle of pills from her purse and left it by his chair. Just enough for now, I've got to get on with getting off from here now. Let me just take a few notes and I'll be off she reached into his breast pocket and took his wallet, with some loose notes which seemed fresh and currenty. And a small pouch with a diamond, of sorts. This is a bit more my speed she eyed the lattice structure as it gleamed and pulsed a bit as she brought it close to some power in her purse, I won't be back again. But the gents will to finish up. Best of luck with them. Their light staff tonight, shouldn't hurt your feeling too badly. She picked up her dress, snapped her garter at him and clicked the door closed behind her as the car pulled around and she hopped into the back seat this time, with the very berry sort of a man she'd been looking for all evening. The map opened up between them as peaks and valleys in the legend too, golden and bliss right up for a tremor of a ride downtown, and around the bend, bent up slightly and to the left. Driven home, for the nowity of sake, and shaken gently, as in gentlemen and jacked slightly without a boozy under, but plucked and swirled, until they were fast asleep, and the sun horizon hit the other side of the planet again, for this another day in the continuation of continuity. The preceding episodic climatoidal fries modastical trollop portion of Oya's had been whizzed up the middle ground of wired magnetics for the very purposes of proposed time-space displacement and should be willed and rendered thusly on your papers and screened lightly. Photoshopped is for windows and the Mac truck stop great and grated for cheese on and a finish for your evening as well. This is Aku Q and we bid a fair fair and well, from this Radio 11C3W. And this the average and foregone consular sessionary proof of pudding in the gently placed lapel pinned up pin up and posters in page lit on to the next stop. This has been a brief and about the future tensed and forward facing aqua cue and this is the other voice, Serena, and do join us again now and some more weekly as Radio 11 joins broadcast station or followed gently by on air, as in the sign, as in again, what's your dot dot com, and the etc. Join us for more of four and a subtractive nonsensical to naught or the minor and be in the know to the acronomics of the today, we find gently EAH emotion as a service, CLAH, continuous logistics as a service, as well in the about call wall, or telonomic systemical motion we stay tuned with all this is Radio 11. Characters, paged, dot dot, their pagers went off, all simultaneously and they looked down, from across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit, the three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch timed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Hugh was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like and Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there, Q? What's the dinging about? 
we're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and necess. As needed, Arya thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a traquel as you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun, from this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odds slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez. 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot, he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards an gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit up Arya's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. Ache you? Arya quipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Arya. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf, for this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the, fresh. Anyway how's your end? Arya's end was just fine and sitting. Just and there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the... Oh, surprise. Hugh blurted out, and bent over to pick up the quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. He'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just time not carrying it anymore. It's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground, and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering. Now, I'll just get on and cross-splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrived, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Flip. Miranda's power was out and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's this sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the, shoot, and more so since the, oh yes. And there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Hugh jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzzed. He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, 
but walked straight up center to the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was. He glanced. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from mad tongue and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor, he found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently, and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple. And cufflinks. He didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. 101, she said. And a coffee. I heard about it. She stated in a slate gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well it's time and a half to type these up, so type there but out of order, so it'll be. She punched a calculator in her head, or as if, and it'll be alright if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know, with the pages and all. You know what happened with. Wrong. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back at that and motioned a question towards the brass doorknob. He nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall. And, tap tap. His watch was out, shielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the lights dimmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondaries, her voice flatted a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers and the coffee, and the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left, yes? Duh. You found it impossible not to be, and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh? He joked. Of course it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well. Heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen, and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on the bit begruzzled, as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescence, and as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Stasis was the word. He explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with this thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, and she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the, what was it again? Electroglutosilicate. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks, and he blinked at her. He looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Same guy, I can see. Incredible taste, in. What was it again? Everything? Came the response. The form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a package designed in for and with and. Well this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. 
in truth, there were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surfaced, and still, and still enough to travel in. It likes light, she said and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, when applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do. Because we can't lose these. It's that simple. And they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life, and that is why these are going places. Because we needed an ethics on chip and this is Gestalt breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? I thought you were going to say asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smashed glass from a satellite, onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. The material from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing stripe sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boot. Good thing he passed the test, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue. Passed him up a bit. Though this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out-of-baristas who try to claim their outrageous tips. It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Dot. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat track. Didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and led him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. The hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without the... He looked. And replaced it to his head. Yes without the chop chop part. He was back into his part, a bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards? It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the project, and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. It was better than yesterday, and that kind of reminds me, you know. He pointed down to her. Those bits. 
Ah, yes. Perhaps if we had more time yesterday. But we're here in the now. You know. And our stop is just ahead. Do you want to take a seat? Hugh paused and thought for a second. The mist was certainly coming up around him and the cufflinks were a sort of see-through now, with the water vapor, and he thought to himself. Well, now is the time, he raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and dryodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised, and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. The light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second, watching all of everything pass through them, as they became non-entities and the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning, said Q in his dim slated voice, and they carried forward. I see, was Arya's gentle response and she took his hand and they continued walking forward towards the pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non-passerbys, who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally, and they could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the click, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things and the water is static and so is our material, and so. And so. Arya motioned up to the stars and they both looked up. And we are light too, I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight, and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter, he said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped it make sense and the egg was. Well that was just a little joke and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joke later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline. And we always will. And will they ever, and so they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was. Well. They both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heady and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was. Oh. Well it was and. Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift, of course. And they go together. Oh. This one's is a different color. I see. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing. You know. If we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. He did. What did she call it? Spatial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes it's me and me, you know the footage is done. Developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about. Did you? Of course not. Theaters took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight the EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen she grinned. Well quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope. With the right audience. Was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it. And imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like. And hoped they'd make it on time. And they joked some more about that. Well. And just at that moment, 
An asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and... Amazingly. It just stood there, and the matter passed through them, and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. Oh side effect, said Q. And he stepped up a bit. And Arya smiled. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. And the mist was still around. And as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain, each time dropping pins around them and each time they walk up and up and up. And completely stable, and in the rain they walked up towards a cloud and it began to murble an electrical murble and they paused and thought about it. And it thought about them. And they could hear a slight whisper. And they hadn't heard that kind of voice before. And it was the water. And the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself about its direction and about the presence of presence to be delivered on so and so, and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its pause, and the light continued to swim around like water, and the water, inside still spun a bit to orient, and they looked closer, and closer at the individual droplets of water on their bite with light. And Q brought up Arya's hand where she held the pen, and clicked the light onto the water, and... Tiny people gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes, dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in fact. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water, and away and about in fact if they were chattering with other water warble bits about their bits and just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know, if the easterly is going to kick off, and that bit of muck on aisle 5 has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light. And they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Oh said one bit of water. You found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in... Well a couple of years and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean, an ocean's worth of... What do you keep calling it? Van der Waal. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped at Q. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? You clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Arya and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? He shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. Dot. They just hit the theater at 11, a 
in front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Thought. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. He motioned the pen for Arya, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Thought. The film was an art film. Well. The three knew it wasn't a film at all, but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients, and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters. And then created was a backdrop which moved independently, although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and thus. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience, about how they had traveled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present about this moment, and in fact began to draw the audience as seated, and it was very much like a mirror, except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience, and Miranda was at the center, and more centrally centered, the pen, metallic, in which she continued to draw into the notebook, and the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do, and it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments, and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time. And Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped, and the place was completely out now, sans the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Onus and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat. Said Q. And Miranda and Aria just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing. What should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, guessed Q. Right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Aria grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. 
and as motion goes. It was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tryst met in a spatial hazy oil which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night, and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards, and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the queue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text, at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text. A language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? He laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. He looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her buttock. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left and Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Arya's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do, and imagined in positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, like tonight, and with hope every night, and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again. They took pause, and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Thought. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others for the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the EGS, and pendles in mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode. And forthwith is the side of knackers on a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, tense as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop. For the now, Aqua Q. Particle physics of the said, actionable towards a completeness towards the next and forward balanced and fluidity, we find our soft sun radiant and the just and enough let, atmospherically, to bounce also towards the reflection of mass particles in a solar of systems, we find, it's just so, and happens, that what we utilize is what we present for another and another forth and hence, as measured to be signaled and proposed to be delivered just.
promised themselves of an eternal life, Jethro, as instead and used himself and from the many convinced of such a travesty. Dash. We and the know are aware, and many and many millennials which take towards the giving of this, the balanced swimming thing which had ought to be rarely a sunrise for the riches contained, and yet oddly a leakage into space, radio and disparity, ripped, reverse out gained and never found again. If you know what I mean. Our bodies, spatial, stole the Homeric dictionary of a brief and look up systemic, voluntarily for the motion of such bodies to deliver our wishes for sinners. But let's step back in time, for quite and which is impossible, due to gravity's leap towards emotion from and towards what has been delivered and what I mean. Perhaps you would simply stand, and more likely smile at the well wishes of the exacting rights to be transceiver. versus actual livability. There was a singular of containment, that which proceeds for the next, and as Heisenberg is aware, half the time, observability of a shedding of material, is not quite chaos, again, and these elements should ne'er exist in containment anyway. And that's a little play on containment, due to elemental physics that their atomic should be contained as other elements, and not the so on, of surprise. We've said all these things, as known, and as brief and yet the observation of opposition is so external, from internal, that shedding occurs as an instance of rediscovery. Dash. Memory is an odd placement of the many in the chemicals which operate polymorphically, to, ingest balance and rebalance a brain of protective cytoplasm, and as well the pan-galactic is oddly like a gold brick, smashed, and hence with the temporal of pain and swelling. And you've been listening to the acumen of a lead into the new book, Alt-Earth Text.
now in the formal or formality of formatting for the brevity of levity and of justness of justice and justified left and forward and right even, no mistake, and so, we or as in the radio and turn at to 11 on the gobba stobber modder front of each Tuesday and Thursday in the 3 p.m. to naughty phase of thinking towards an action of regeneration of reverberation and the return of the here and now aqua cue. This is the aisle in and about the near sunity of the next and forward San Francisco, in these the United Statehoods of man, and so with a bit of free electronic particle, we denote the note to provide a gentle air of the about and next of just living here is to you, our listener do come again, loved as in light table for supper this is Radio 11.
Black Classic.
out of sight under the bed. Doreen knocked on the green door with the gold knob. Scuffling and a man's laugh cut short sounded from inside. Then a tall boy in shirt sleeves and a blonde crew cut inched the door open and peered out. Baby, he roared. Doreen disappeared in his arms. I thought it must be the person Lenny knew. I stood quietly in the doorway in my black sheath and my black stole with the fringe, yellower than ever, but expecting less. I am an observer, I told myself, as I watched Doreen being handed into the room by the blonde boy to another man who was also tall but dark, with slightly longer hair. This man was wearing an immaculate white suit, a pale blue shirt, and a yellow satin tie with a bright stick pin. I couldn't take my eyes off that stick pin. A great white light seemed to shoot out of it, illuminating the room. Then the light withdrew into itself, leaving a dewdrop on the field of gold. I put one foot in front of the other. That's a diamond. A great white light seemed to shoot out of it, illuminating the room. Then the light withdrew into itself, leaving a dewdrop on the field of on the field of gold. I put one foot in front of the other. That's a diamond.
keen wind that had been hiding itself struck me full in the mouth and raked the hair back horizontal on my head. I was descending, but the white sun rose no higher. It hung over the suspended waves of the hills, an insentient pivot without which the world would not exist. Sun rose no higher. It hung over the suspended waves of the hills, an insentient pivot without which the world would not exist. A small answering flew toward it, toward it. I felt my lungs inflate with the inrush of scenery, air, mountains, trees, people. I thought this is what it is to be happy. I plummeted down past the zigzaggers, the students, the experts, through year after year of doubleness and smiles and compromise into my own past. People and trees receded on either hand like the dark sides of a tunnel as I hurtled on to the still, bright point at the end of it, the pebble at the bottom of the well, the white, sweet baby cradled in its mother's belly. My teeth crunched a gravelly mouthful. Ice You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me. Don't say I can't go with other boys.
Mr. Willard drove me up to the Adirondacks. It was the day after Christmas, and a gray sky bellied over us, fat with snow. I felt overstuffed and dull and disappointed, the way I always do the day after Christmas, as if whatever it was, the pine boughs and the candles and the silver and gilt-ribboned presents and the birch log fires and the Christmas
I let out a scornful laugh. If neurotic is wanting two mutually exclusive things at one and the same time, then I'm neurotic as hell. I'll be flying back and forth between one mutually exclusive thing and another for the rest of my days. Buddy put his hand on mine. Let me fly with you. I stood at the top of the ski slope on Mount Pisgah, looking down. I had no business to be up there. I'd never skied before. Good thing it ain't me be certain. 
Joe, I just found out you got the best hand. Sonny, tell me, what can I do? Sing them more good, Brian. I played the aces on the bottom. And then I walked those old cards around. But you're the loser in the end. 